All right, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, and I'm still here with Sheriff Ken Campbell. How you doing, Ken? It's a grand day at Gunsight. Thanks for uh, continuing to hang out with me. I've got a uh, uh, something that I'm pretty excited about th- to talk about. Uh, I know the story, um, or at least I have heard the whole steps in the process for becoming a Gunsight Academy instructor from Buzz Mills, the owner of Gunsight. And um, it, I thought it was very interesting what it takes to be an instructor out there. And uh, I wanted to to bring that to the listeners. And one, you know, some of them are, are instructors now. A lot of them are. And it might be something they want to pursue in the future. Uh, and then uh, others are to the students out there who, you know, maybe not ever be an instructor or anything like that, which is fine. Uh, once they hear what it takes to be an instructor, they realize, well, this is something that uh, – I like to be a part of because, uh, for lack of a better term, there's a lot of quality control there going on. And uh, we'll talk about that here when we get right back. Primary Weapon Systems, or PWS, is a state-of-the-art machine shop in Boise, Idaho. PWS makes almost all their rifle components in-house, and the parts they don't make, they acquire from the highest quality manufacturers in the United States. The Mod 2 Series rifles from PWS are some of the most feature-rich ARs on the market. One of those features is the Mod 2 Enhanced Buffer Tube which has a ratchet lock design that eliminates the need for staking while providing a solid lockup with the ability to remove it easily in the future. Go take a look at primaryweapons.com. Primary Weapon Systems. Because it's time. All right, Ken. uh, Give me the the spiel. Give me the spiel on what it takes to become a a Gunsight Academy instructor. Okay. First, I'd invite folks to go to our website, gunsight.com, and go to the instructor link and take a look. And you will see uh, the majority of the great instructors we have. We've got a few that don't have their bios there for the uh, security issues because they're still active in in some of their fields. But we're bringing in some of the best instructors in the world. And let's go back in history. Uh, When in Gunsight's class number one, there was a fellow named Bruce Nelson who was one of the instructors. And if you're a a shooting aficionado or much of a historian, that name means something to you. Uh, Bruce was a a peace officer in California, but he also had this company called Bruce Nelson Combat Leather. And he was a holster designer and maker and made some of the best leather in the business. And to this day, uh, Bruce passed away in, I don't know, 90, 92, somewhere along in there, 93. But to this day, Galco, Milt Sparks, Rafter L Custom Leathers, uh, and many of the others are copying or using clones of his designs. The, the the summer special holster and all the variants of that was originally a Bruce Nelson design. So Bruce was an instructor in class number one, and, and we've not slowed down since. Uh, our instructors are predominantly law enforcement or military, uh, active duty or retired, and uh, we've got a few other subject matter experts in our in our hunting field. Uh, safari and North American game, the instructors for those classes, and, and the uh, predator, four-legged predator defense classes. We've got safari, people who have led safari and, and led North American game hunts uh, as part of our instructor cadre. Our medical cadre, uh, they're physicians, but they've been SWAT doctors, or one in particular did five tours, uh, in, uh, he was a Navy doc and worked for uh, uh, JSOC. Uh, in his last three tours. So they're bringing that type of experience. So that was a long walk on a short period to try to set up to answer your question here. But how do you get to be an instructor at Gunsight? And we get a lot of of resumes emailed to us every week. 
saying, hey, I'm just getting retiring from law enforcement, retiring from military, I've had some great service, and, and I'd like to be an instructor. And, and my first response back usually is, have you ever been to Gunsight? And if they've not, how do they know they'd be a good fit to what we teach? And then more importantly, how do we know they'd be a good fit to what we teach? So when, when we bring somebody on staff, we're not teaching you to be an instructor. This isn't an instructor development school for, for our staff. We're not teaching you how to shoot. You've got to be very experienced in both of those fields for us to even begin to look at you. So what the way our program is set up is you've got to have a minimum of three classes at Gunsight, two pistol and one of the other disciplines, shotgun, carbine, uh, battle rifle, things like that. Uh, our courses are graded. You have to have, uh, graded, gradings are certificate of completion, marksman, marksman one, and expert, or we call it the golden E, because there aren't many expert uh, ratings uh, earned. Hey, um, does my class a couple weeks ago count as one of my classes? Uh, it does not. That's a special. <laughs> so, but but I appreciate your enthusiasm in there. So, so you've got to have a minimum of these three classes. You have to have a marksman one or an expert grade in all three of those classes. You also have to sufficiently impress a range master uh, of your abilities. Now, not all of our staff are range masters. They initially come on as coaches who support the range master in the courses, and then they work their way up to being a range master over the course of additional years of experience. Um, so you have to sufficiently uh, impress a, a range master, and they have to be willing to put their name on a letter saying, I like John Doe, and, and send it in to myself and our training director. And we review that, and if we like the person, we contact them and ask them to send us a resume or a CV so we can read and, and see what, what's up in their, in their entire background. If we still like that, then we contact them and say, all right, we're interested in you. Uh, you have to do a minimum of three, maximum of four apprenticeships with us. And it's like an apprenticeship in the plumbing or carpentry or whatever industry. In, in our case, we'll give you a place to stay and we give you the clothes to wear, but your travel, all that is up to you. So you come out and uh, you meet with the range master and uh, they, you've got a, a book, like in law enforcement, it was a field training officer type book that, that has your background in it, and then it has all the different skill sets and uh, things we're looking for, and the range master goes over that with you, and you talk to the range master and determine what it is he's, he or she's going to have you teach over the course of that week, and you're graded. At any point during the process, that range master can, can come to me, and we can say, well, it was good having you out here for a little bit, John, but uh, this isn't going to be a good fit, and you need to go home. And actually, we've done that as early as noon on Monday on the first week. Now, that's not a proud moment, but they're gunsight instructors. They've got to be the very best. So they go through their week-long class with the range master, and we don't tell the students they're an apprentice instructor. They're, they're an instructor. And then at the end of the week, the range master goes back over the book with the grades, and everybody signs off on it. Uh, the, the apprentice instructor, the range master, our training director, and myself, and they're scheduled for their next uh, round. We Again, it has to be a minimum of three, but if need be, we'll extend to four. And if they're successful, then we bring them on as one of our part-time instructors, and uh, 
they come out and teach, depending on their availability, our needs, you know, at least two weeks a year, if not more, as, as things go on. So uh, it's a lengthy process. We don't have a lot of uh, youngster instructors, if you will, but we want that, that seasoned guy or gal. We want the person with the life experiences. As Colonel Cooper said, we wanted the ones who have seen the elephant, uh, been there when, when, when the flag would fly, uh, so they can bring that, that life experience to the table when, when we're working with, with the great clients we've got. That's interesting. I think Buzz told me something to the effect of they had to have been an instructor for a set amount of time in some discipline or in front of students. You kind of summed it up as they should already have those teaching skills and shooting skills when they arrive. But is there a set amount of time where they have to have been in the game? No, I don't like just because you've been something for excellent. You may have been something for 12 years with there's people that have been instructors for 12 years or they may have been correcting one year 12 times uh, if you understand that the buzz i mean uh ken I, I know when buzz was talking about this i think he said something about most of them had been instructors for 20 years i don't know if he gave it like a hard and fast rule i was like you know i know a lot of guys who have been instructors for 20 years but i teach more classes in a month than they probably taught in a decade you know it's so, so i don't want to put a time limit you got to be an x number of years we look at the overall package of the person of what they're bringing to the table. That's cool. So, so basically, step one to uh, if you want to become a gunsight instructor is is go train at gunsight, right? And uh, you might get noticed. There, there's other great places to get training. We, we want you to get other training, but part of the the review process for us is we've seen you in class, and that's how we that range master can make a decision of. This guy's going to fit. This guy's got some got some uh, uh, abilities here that we like. So again, we're not saying you only train with us. You know, there there's lots of great places and lots of great instructors. So we encourage that too, and we look at that in in your resume, your CV, uh, as we look at you. Awesome. We're going to take another quick break, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about how Ken became a gunsight instructor. In the 1911 world, there's Nighthawk Custom, and then there's everyone else. Nighthawk Custom makes the highest in quality 1911, under the motto, One Gun, One Gunsmith. Each 1911 is handmade with each part fitted by one gunsmith from start to finish. Nighthawk Custom is giving away one of their custom 1911s every 90 days this year. All you need to do to register is visit www.nighthawkcustom.com forward slash gunfightercast and sign up. All right, welcome back in. Uh, I, I have a feeling that there's going to be some some things that come up in this that's going to be a lot of names uh, of some, you know, I refer to them as some of the greats, you know, in, in what I do in, in my industry and, and as a, a firearms trainer, people that I, I have, have even some of them I've never met, but they greatly influence me on a regular basis. I'm sure you have a lot of that. Uh, so before we start talking about how you become or became a, a Gunsight Academy instructor and became the chief operating officer, uh, give me an answer to this question. Um, some of the Gunsight Academy instructors uh, from history, it, give me some of them that some names that have greatly influenced you and and how they've influenced you. Oh, I've, I've been very blessed in my in my life and my career to work with some of the the best instructors in the world and, and did have influence on me. Whether it's I, I've only read Chuck Taylor's work. Chuck was an early operations manager here. I never had the fortune of taking a class from him. Um, I've had classes with Ray Chapman and Masada Ayub. 
I've had classes and uh, instructor certification with the late Pat Rogers and uh, the late Louis Auerbach. There's two guys that Jeff Cooper considered some of the, one of the top five instructors he'd, he'd ever worked with. Uh, of course, I had the fortune of, of learning directly from Jeff Cooper in, in, in my uh, first several classes out here. Um, Jack Furr. Uh, I, I've had the pleasure of working with uh, Jeff Gonzalez. Um, uh, and, you know, when you start naming names, it's, it's always hard because then I don't want to insult some of these folks that I've worked with because I've forgotten. Uh, I'm just not coming to the forefront of my mind right now. But we've had great, great instructors, uh, whether they worked here or they were students here. And, gosh, it was wonderful listening to them, learning from them, trying to trying to absorb as much knowledge as I can uh, from from these great guys so that I could hopefully pass it on to some some others. Ken, why was uh why was Louie so so influential and, and such a great instructor? I'll, I'll tell you what, he was one of those people that just had a gift. Um, he was a Renaissance man. He was originally from Rhodesia and uh, he came here and took a class and Jeff Cooper was very impressed with him, and he actually sponsored him for citizenship. He hired him here, and he was he had my job for some time, uh, the, the ops officer. And but Louis had a gift to be able to diagnose shooter problems like nobody I have ever seen. And he also had the fortitude that if he needed to stay on the range with you till 2 a.m. trying to fix the problem, even though class ended at 1700, he was there till 0200 working with you to make that happen. He was also, as you mentioned, you know, bringing local law enforcement in to, uh, and seats in your class to take care of them. I hosted him many, many times at, at the sheriff's office, and it was always if there was a little police department that they didn't have a training budget or we had a guy that really needed training but couldn't afford it, let's put him in the class. It, what's more important is getting this guy trained so he can save his life and, and save the lives of those people that are that he's out there sworn to protect. So Louie was just one of those guys that was a, uh, a good man, a, a very deep thinker. Uh, his The collections of his work from SWAT magazine are, are, are out there in book form. And, uh, boy, they're great reading. You buy those, and it's, it's the back page of SWAT magazine. And, and he was really a, a great reader of and a great philosopher of, of fighting. That's awesome. I am about 10 steps from the Pat Rogers Memorial classroom here at Alliance. And, uh, you know, it, I, we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, it's everywhere I go, everything I do, all the friends that I have and in, in, in the training industry and everything else, it's, uh, uh, it seems like every single day I'm having a conversation about Pat Rogers and I'm regretting more that I never got the chance to train with him um, and and talk to him. But still, I would say that easily there there is no buddy out there living or 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 passed away that has probably influenced me more than Pat Rogers. And it's just because I feel like I know him now because of all the the men and women whose lives he changed made better not just shooting but made them better people and it's uh it, he the 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 what I, the what I hear about him and learn about him is just he said he's, he's still setting a, a huge example for me and I think he sets an example for everybody um especially trainers uh but he I, I consider him one of the, the people who have influenced me more than anybody else uh, just just from stories which is which is 
which really says something, you know, because that that's that's really strange for me to say that because I've had a lot of positive influences, but you know, really getting my mind right and student focus and some other things. It's just, man, Pat is. Uh, I, I really regret not not getting to spend time with him. But uh, tell me about Pat Rogers. Sure, uh, like Louie, I met Pat at Gunsight. Uh, that's where I met Louie Auerbach. That's where I met Pat, and. Uh, we became pretty good friends from the, that first time. We, when we bring our instructors out here at Gunsight, we house them here on, on the base in housing. And I, I was staying with Pat, and we roomed together many times as well. So he and I became friends, and then I hosted him many times at the sheriff's office. So I had the fortune of not just knowing him from an instructor standpoint, but also as a friend. And uh, he, he was a great man, uh, without fail. And he was, uh, there's a lot of things about him that we'll never know. I mean, the, the work he did as a New York City police officer, as a, uh, as a hostage negotiator, uh, as a police sergeant on NYPD, um, his time in the Marine Corps, chief warrant officer to Marine Corps, he, uh, was a, uh, he was involved with the CIA and foreign weapons acquisition. Yeah, that sounds like fun right there, foreign weapons acquisition. I'm pretty yeah, sure that entails uh, some pretty cool stories. I, I, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So, but the other thing about Pat too, like Louie, he was one of those kind of guys that was all about the training and, and he was a great student, especially of the carbine. If you wanted a two hour lecture on the history of the different followers for the, uh, M16 rifle, he could talk about that with authority. He was exceptionally well read. He, he poured over books and I'll give you an example. Um, I, I helped, uh, his widow uh, with a storage unit he still had out here. And I had over two pickup truckloads of books that were Pat's. And his widow said, I've, I've got more books than that here that were Pat's. What can we do with them? I, I made a suggestion. We have a, a, uh, a scholarship fund called the Jeff Cooper Legacy Foundation, a 501-3C foundation. Well, we took the books at our Gunside Alumni shoot. We put them in the classroom and I got a stamp that said, from the library of Pat Rogers. And you put some money in the box, pick a book or whatever books you want, stamp it on there and go with it. And we raised several thousand dollars for the Cooper Legacy Foundation. So even though Pat was gone, he lived on and he also allowed Jeff Cooper's legacy to live on through that, uh, courtesy of, of Pat's widow, Ellen. But that's the kind of people Pat was with. And he was all about the training and, and making it better. And that's the way it was with, with my sheriff's office. That's the way it was with the Alliance PD guys. It's all about keeping good people alive and the training and good gear and helping people that couldn't afford it uh, get that good training and good gear so they could stay alive. Uh, you know, I, I'm just blessed to know and work with both these guys, and, and I'll, I'll never forget either one of them. That's awesome. Uh, I guess last but but not least uh, on the on the people um, – Tell me about about Jeff Cooper. You know, not not what everybody reads all the time. Not not all the uh, cliche and, and everything else that we hear all the time about. Like, tell me about Jeff. He was uh, here when I took my first class, November of nineteen ninety, and I was a young, darker haired deputy. And I showed up for my two fifty pistol class with a Smith and Wesson six forty five, which that was my issued duty pistol. So I was wearing duty leather and my duty pistol. And that first morning in the classroom. Uh, he, we're going around talking about our guns, and I said, well, yes, sir, Smith & Wesson 645. And he kind of scowls over, and he says, right caliber, wrong gun. It's kind of intimidating with Jeff Cooper saying that to you. Um, so he was kind of a, a curmudgeon, but uh, 
he uh, he spoke with authority and, and from knowledge, and he wasn't one much for small talk. He'd love to talk guns. He'd love to talk hunting. He loved to talk Africa hunting. He'd love to talk about the the, the state of the republic. Um, but just to sit and chit chat, that wasn't something that he he stood uh, stood around much for. So uh, an interesting fellow, but again, exceptionally well read. If you really want to get some good ideas of what he was like, uh, there are some compilations of his work called the Gargantuan Gunsight Gossip. And what it is, it's the the uh, the stories he wrote for the back page of Guns and Ammo magazine all those years. But Guns and Ammo would pluck out certain things because they weren't politically correct. <laughs> that was never politically correct. Now, he wasn't rude. He wasn't foul. That's not what I'm saying. It's just he spoke his mind. And uh, some of those things they would pluck out. So if you want to know about the history of the Baker flag on the range, the Red Range flag, and, and what it is, or if you want to know the history of the scout rifle, or different things about shotguns, or politics in Europe. Um, that book is just full of those excerpts. It's sort of like bathroom reading. It's it's little excerpts, but it really delves into how his mind worked. And if, if people really want to know, that's that's a great place, great series of books to to start with. But fascinating man um, could speak on on so many different topics. But uh, he, he didn't suffer fools uh, very well. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back and finish this up about uh, gunsight instructors and becoming a gunsight instructor. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. So, Ken, in, in your words, uh, to, to maybe cut down on the amount of resumes that you get all the time and have to respond to, somebody wants to be a gun sight instructor, I know what the answer is, but tell us all in a, in, a, in a manner that everybody understands what the next step is. Come to gun sight, take classes, do really well, impress the range masters. Minimum of three classes, but do really well. Impress the range masters with your abilities as, as a human being, uh, as an, an open-minded, uh, all-around good person. Not somebody who can yell and scream at the troops, but somebody who can work with the CEO of a, of a multi-billion dollar company or a little old lady who's a door greeter at Walmart and everybody in between. And then do well in those classes and then... Uh, and go from there. Hey, Ken, selfish question, because I would love to be a, a Gunsight Academy instructor in the future, just to, to add my name to that that list of people out there who we, we look up to forever and to just be a part of that. You know, it's just awesome. Um, hey, did I impress a range master a couple weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Proof will be in that pudding later on, I think. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to Gunsight because I, I really had a lot of fun. A lot of folks will say Gunsight, and I've heard it referred to as a, a good place for a good history lesson. And I, one of the first things that, that Ken talked about when we got there was, we don't care if you shoot your isosceles or your full extension. We don't care. You know, Just be able to shoot. And uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, so before we end this show and I end this two episode series with Ken, I want to give you an opportunity 
to destroy those myths or explain, you know, your your perspective on some of the things that you hear about Gunsight that aren't true. All right. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, we are at, we're the Southwest Dinosaur League. We, we only teach what worked 30, 40 years ago. Well, let, let me be plain and simple. That's wrong. Uh, we teach the modern technique. The modern technique has evolved over these past 41 years. And I, I can say that factually because last year for our 40th anniversary, I watched hours and hours and hours of old VHS tape uh, that students had sent us that we had and so on as we were making our 40th anniversary uh, PVD. And I've seen how what we taught has evolved, number one. Number two, the Weaver stance. I've also seen it displayed at gun shops and gun shows and, of course, on the Internet uh, and people showing what it was. Well, I've seen the pictures of Jack Weaver. I learned the Weaver stance from Jeff Cooper. And what they displayed and what is often displayed in, in some of the press is, is apples and oranges. But most importantly, we teach a fighting stance. That's what we teach. You've got to be able to get multiple hits on target, be able to move, be able to communicate, be able to manage your weapon, fix malfunctions, reload, and so on from that fighting stance. And if you want to do that from isosceles, modified isosceles, extended weaver, the laser phonic 9000 method, whatever you, the, the method of the day is, as long as you can do that and carry on in the fight and get good hits, that's all that matters. It's not like we're going to take a piece of rebar and drive it down through your feet into a prescribed stance that you think that you have heard we want you to shoot from. If you can work with it, work with it. I, I had the fortune to go to Bill Rogers' school a couple of times, and, and they're known for isosceles. And I've always been a, a Weaver-type shooter, but I was at Bill Rogers' school. I wanted to learn what he was offering. So I had to get it through my head. I got to change my stance and so on. And I kept reverting back to Weaver and the, the coaches and would come up to me and, and make the adjustment. And the range master said, leave him alone, leave him alone. He's hitting. And then I appreciate that. I was, I was doing okay there. But my point was I wanted to learn from them what their methods were so I could have that in my toolbox. So we're not going to make you shoot any particular way. We would like you to try the way we, we think works good. But if you don't want to, we're not going to make you. But we'd like for you to try, and that way at the end of the week, you can see what works uh, what works best for you or have those other tools in your toolbox to reach for and grab a hold and use uh, well when the time comes. Awesome. You know, one of my favorite things about being out there, uh, the the training, you know, the, the class, the uh, – the, the shooting, the drills that we did and everything else, um, there, I, I rarely go sit through eight hours of instruction that there's not, I'm not taking a note somewhere in my mind, like, okay, I want to have a conversation with that instructor about that later on, because I, I, I really, I think there's some strong evidence to say the contrary to what they're, they're preaching, or, uh, I wonder if they've thought about this, or I wonder what he thinks about this, because in this situation, you know, how, how he would respond to that. Not, not to be, I don't do it, I don't do it usually in, in front of the class, unless I think the class would enhance, be enhanced from it. Um, so I'm not, a, I'm not a sniper or anything like that, that, that tries to, yeah, no, I, I, I don't appreciate that guy, so I'm never going to be that guy. Uh, but I, I do, enjoy intellectual conversation. And I, and sometimes I ask things cause I, man, 
maybe I'll change my mind about this after this conversation. You know, what I thought was correct isn't because I change my mind all the time about things. Um, so that, that kind of stuff happens. And, uh, I, I didn't run, there were some, some things that, that threw some, some flags up for me that like, Oh, I want to ask Ken about this, or I want to talk about that. And we had those conversations, uh, you know, a couple of, you know, nothing that, that was negative or nothing that was like, I don't agree with that. It was just, Hey, what about this situation? What about that? And, and what I liked was there was an answer for that. I'm like, yeah, actually we do that in our gunsight 350. Uh, but this class right now with the 250 level, we're, we're not ready for that yet, but that's, uh, this is what we, this is how we build up to that. And, uh, so it was, I, I didn't run across anything that I was just like, wow, I, I don't agree with that. And that was, um, that was cool. Everything had its application, had its place and everything else, which, uh, which I, I expected to be a little bit different, you know, from what I had heard from the rumors and, and everything else. That's why I wanted to, get, to have you dispel some of the myths here because I, I don't think they're accurate. Uh, I really don't. I think gun sites, a great place to train and, uh, every single day when we had lunch, you guys put everybody on lunch, all the ranges at pretty much the same time. And we all hang out at a big little lunch room and uh, everybody's talking and everybody's smiling and everybody's having a lot of fun. Uh, and every, when I talked to people, we, did, we ran the camera and asked a few just random people about gun sight and some other stuff. And um, man, everybody was just so thrilled to be there and happy and loving every second of the classes that they were in. Uh, I could say 100% without a doubt that if you sign up for a class at gun sight, uh, you are not going to be disappointed. I'm really looking forward to getting back out there again and uh, doing. I want to do the Gunsight 250, kind of the Gunsight experience that they do, and then maybe the the second level of that and uh, a carving class. Ken told me I needed to take a battle rifle class because uh, they would. Um, it was a very very physical class, and he said I'd have a lot of fun there. So I might do that. And uh, he watched me shoot a few drills, so he probably he's probably right. I. I, I kind of don't have a, a half speed. Like I, I want to break my legs and scrape my elbows and, and bleed a little bit every time we do something. So that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah. You, you weren't there. There was no neutral or first gear with you in that, that class a couple of weeks ago. It was, it's on. I, and uh, We don't get great. to shoot much. You know, I get to no, watch people shoot all the time. We don't, get, we don't get enough trigger time as instructors. And, and it's important that, that we do. So uh, we're eager for you to get back. You know, one of the other night, one of the things I, I'm proud of here at Gunsight is we'll have different media folks in classes, whether it's print or blog or, or video. And some folks say, well, you know, you get to review all that before it goes to, to print. And, and that's not true. It is what it is. Yeah. When we media folks come, if we did a terrible job, you write it, you say it, you put it out there that way. We're very fortunate with the great instructors that we got. And again, that's why we've been here 41 years, because of the great instructors. With those great instructors, those folks have positive learning experiences, and that's that's why it's written up that way. Awesome. Ken, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm going to be looking at the calendar and seeing when I can get back out there to Gunsight and, and take a class and see if we can get me and the wife out there and do it here in the near future. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going out there and hanging out and, and seeing you again. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys, gunsight.com and uh, look for a class, look for a calendar. Whenever I figure out what class I'm going to be in, I'll try to give you guys a, a month or two notice. So uh, maybe we can get some Gunfighter Cast listeners out there at the same time in that class. And uh, that'd be really cool to shoot with you guys out, out there at Gunsight, like I am doing with some of the other uh, instructors, uh, friends of mine, where I posted I'm going to be in that class. And some uh, I've gotten to shoot with uh, Gunfighter Cast listeners a few times this year, Ken. It's, it's pretty cool. And I got a few more classes coming up. For you and your great listeners, too, is that, you know, if you can get 10, 12, 15 people, we can do a private gunfighter cast class. 
just that'd be just cool. You. So you just got to let me know so I've got some lead time and uh, we can build it for you. Awesome. That sounds good. Well, thanks, Ken, for hanging out. Gunfighter cast out.